Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and I'm joined, as always, by my intangible co-host Tempest, the wrestler. I am Tempest. Yeah, the you wrestler. are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Crazy. Um, how? Tell you what, it's been a crazy week. It was, a, it was a really good weekend, you know. I had my nice week uh, week off and everything, and that was all great. It was a really nice weekend. I'm, I mean, I'm, I can't exactly put my 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 finger on why it was such a good weekend. You know, it was just something about backlash, but I don't think it was about the wrestling that made it really good. And you know, when you can't, you just can't put your finger on something. It's it's because it's, it's too it's too intangible that I can't yeah. put my finger on it. You know. Yeah. Not sure what it was that made it such a good weekend, but I'm pretty sure it was something good. Yeah, no, I've got I've got similar feelings, you know. I've got mm. just a weight has come off of my shoulders. Yeah, weight has come off of my chest. The whole deal. I just feel feel uplifted, feel freed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel like I've got three t-shirts on the way. It's a good yeah. feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, t-shirts. That's a, that's crazy. You mentioned that. There's this whole new thing called Los Intangibles. The Wrestle Talk. <laughs> don't, know if you, don't know if you guys have heard of it or anything. You know how we do. Hey, uh, t-shirts. Go buy them. WrestleShop.com. We we have nice. them now. And also, we are the Intangibles, and we're the greatest. And we cut the greatest promo ever. We have emails about that, which we'll get to in the uh, outro of this. But we should probably talk about NXT for now. Um, where we're good. I suppose so, yes. Uh, well, we're firstly going to be talking about the main event of this show, which was the North American Championship match between Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano, which was great. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about NXT, because the first thing we're going to be talking about today is the main event of the show, which was uh, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed versus uh, Johnny Gargano 
for the North American Championship, uh, which it... Oh, God. I I think I have the, the stream open so I can hear myself talking. Oh, God. And I hate it. Oh, and I don't God. know what I don't know tab how I've got you've it open on. This. Oh. I don't know what tab I've got it open on. You take a week off, you come back, and you're just a, a I'm, I'm series of errors here, Pete. What, what's going on, mate? There's no... All right, well, while he figures that out, Bronson Reed is your new North American champion, everyone. <laughs> he was able to defeat Johnny Gargano in a steel cage match, despite the help of Austin Theory. It was a grand old time. Pete, are you quite all right now? I'm, I'm good. I struggled to find that tab. Goodness me, that was a whole ordeal. But I found it. I have way too many tabs open. That's my problem. Um, Yeah. It was a really fun match. I, I've lost track of everything that's happening. It was awesome. I, You guys know how I feel about Bronson Reed. I think he's fantastic. I thought the match psychology was great, having Austin Theory on the outside, constantly just getting in the way, like shutting the door on Bronson Reed, trying to climb up the outside and push him on the inside. There were some really great like high spots, loads of big power spots from Bronson Reed, just doing like middle rope power bombs to Gargano. Gargano doing a ridiculous like reverse poison runner off the top rope onto Bronson Reed, and it was the best. Ah. Oh. This was a very, very fun match, and I love the ending as well, because it started to look like Bronson Reed was going to try and escape through the door, and I was like, you should never have a babyface escape through the door. That's really lame. And I really liked it at the end. The door was open. He hit like a, a tsunami to Gargano's back, went over to the door, slammed it shut, and then climbed up, hit another tsunami to Gargano, and then got the win. And I was like, that's a great ending. Love that. And it was very, very decisive uh, victory for Bronson Reed. I'm really happy he's a North American champion. They had a really good like, little video package earlier of him being like, it's been 14 years. It's been everywhere through Australia and the UK and everywhere in America. Now I'm in NXT. I want to uh, look at my wife and Tara 14 years later. We finally made it and all that stuff. Like it was... It was all just really, really well done. Yeah, we don't get really, really good cage matches in WWE anymore, it seems. Like, cage matches, for the most part, have kind of been played out. There's only so much you can do in matches like this. But this was just a match where they did fundamental, good cage match psychology. And it all worked. It all worked and it gave you an ending that you wanted to see. It felt like this was the right time for some new blood in the championship scene because Bronson Reed's been around for about two years now. He's really good and he needed that big win. Johnny Gargano, of course, has been there. He doesn't need that win as much now. He's been champion for months. Give Bronson Reed this moment. We did and it feels great, especially with that promo earlier in the show. Like, how do you not get emotional watching this guy cry and afterwards you see that his wife was there and she gets to go up on stage and then they do the Triple H point? It was just so good. I like feel-good moments in wrestling and this was a really good feel-good moment. Yeah, exa exactly that. It was a very feel-good moment. And for, for me personally, like even going as far back as the actual breakout tournament itself in like June 2019, so literally almost two years ago now, Bronson Reed was probably one of the one of the three guys where I was just like, I'm interested. I'm on board with you in particular out of like the eight people that were in. It. I, I literally I went back to find what eight people were in it because I'd forgotten Dexter Loomis. Oh, can I can I try? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by all means, can I, can I try? Because I, I gave you I gave you one Dexter. Yeah. Well, I knew Dexter was in it. It was, yeah. was in it. 
Was Dexter it? Loomis yeah. was yeah. in it. In yes. It. Dexter, Cameron Grimes. Yes. Uh, ACH as yeah. Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles, yeah. Joaquin Wild. Correct. Bronson Reed. Sure. And I think that's all I got. I okay. can't remember the last three. Okay. But, oh, yeah, that's tough. But I, I will say, five out of eight of these people are actually like regular mainstay names in NXT now, which I think right. is actually pretty good. Um, was Isaiah Swerve Scott one of them? Yes, very there much There you was. go. That's yeah. six. Uh, I think that's all I got, though. Said? Uh, you said Cameron Grimes, didn't you? I did. Okay, then there was Boa. Which, completely you know. forgot about boa all right and also angel gaza huh yeah how about that yeah I, w- that I wouldn't crazy? have gotten those last two i wouldn't have yeah. gotten those at all yeah um but genuinely going back to that literally the 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 people that i like immediately like connected with when i watched that tournament was bronson reed swerve and angel gaza i was literally like those three are great they're they're mm. amazing. You like they're they're like top guys. So for me personally to see Bronson Reed now as North American champion, I'm like, yes, all of that. Yes, I'm so happy for you in particular. Um, and obviously on the same episode we had Swerve like properly uh, like Hit Row having the thing, which we're gonna talk about later because Hit Row is so good. Um, I and can't oh, wait man. to gush about it, dude. <laughs> Spoiler alert, dude. I'm really into it. Same. It's so good. I'm so mad I missed their debut on last week's episode. I had to, obviously had to go back and watch it, but oh, I'm so Pete. mad I didn't get to talk about it on the episode because it's so good. Oh, Pete, you missed like the best episode of NXT I last know, week. I know. I it know. It was the best. I think it's the best show that I've reviewed, mm-hmm. period, on this on this channel. Maybe the first night of TakeOver, but I loved last week's NXT Mm-hmm. so much yeah exactly uh and obviously angel garza he wasn't in nxt for very long but then he went straight up to the straight up to the main roster um but i genuinely think most of the lineup from the breakout tournament has actually done pretty well in nxt with the exception of a couple obviously um which is pretty good and also yeah that was june 26 2019 was when that started last year so it's been wow. almost a year like bang on pretty much 11 months since uh 11 months <sighs> A year and 11 months since then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to see Bronson now as North American champion. Love that guy. I think the match was great. But most importantly, Tempest, most importantly, I know we had it last week, but I wasn't here for last week's episode. So for me, this is a big return. The Intangibles were back. <laughs> on it. Oh, you we missed some good Intangibles. NXT, actual NXT Intangibles were back on this episode. And I will admit, they're not as bad as I remember. Dead, they dead. were pretty bad last week. They yeah, were last real week's bad. Were terrible. Oh, Santos Escobar, intangible. Lucha. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yes. I'm not. I'm not losing my mind over old intangibles. But that, I think, that broke me. I'll be perfectly honest. Just I'm... Lucha, not Lucha Libre. No, Lucha. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know. What were the um, intangibles this time, Pete? So, so for Bronson Reed. Intangibles, agility, power. See, he's graduated yeah. from just agility. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah. agility last time. And now it's agility and power. At least exactly, yeah. they're both nouns. It's yes. not agile and power or yeah, agility yeah, yeah. and powerful. So we're yeah. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is progress. You say that, and then we get to Johnny Gargano's <laughs> ones, which is adaptable. Sure. Endurance. You lost me. Sure. And ring IQ. He mm. had three. He had three intangibles. Wild. I don't know how he didn't win. He had one more intangible. <laughs> how many intangibles? <laughs> Crazy. It's basically a handicap match at this point. Yeah. Oh my god. Good um, lord. That they're, they're not as bad as last week's. Last week's were terrible. Uh having gone back and watched them. But <clears throat> uh yeah, fantastic match. Great feel-good moment. Uh, loved all of this. Loved Bronson Reed. Promo was great. I don't really have much more to say. I just thought it was awesome. I'm really yeah. happy it happened. Really happy he's North American champion. I think it was a good choice. I think Gargano's done loads with the belt already. He he can move straight up into the NXT championship picture and it won't feel out of place, I don't think. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think that basically covers it. I'm really excited now to see Bronson Reed and Isaiah Swerve Scott get a chance to be guys on this show, you know, because I mean, we've talked loads about how this show has just been the Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, Balor show for too long. And now we're getting to see someone win a title for the first time and face a challenger who's a fresh face. And I'm really excited about that, especially considering I'm really into these two guys right now, especially mm. Isaiah Swerve Scott. But we'll get to Yes, it. yes. Which you can tell we cannot wait to talk about this. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Let's get into your Ultra Chats and let's see what you guys thought. If you want to get in your Ultra Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support is the link to do it. And we will make sure we get through every single one of your Ultra Chats before we get out of here today. Uh, Alan Monson comes in to say, uh, comes in to say, hey, hey, LIW, with Bobby Fish going solo, what do you envision he will do as a single star? I can see Fish being in the North American title picture after his feud with Dunn. Also, LIW for, for life. Um... <clears throat> I can see him being in the North American title picture. I don't think he'll win the title. I yeah, could see me. him. I could see him winning the cruiserweight title. Yes. At some point that seems more like his ceiling. I said last week when he came back, I feel, I don't feel bad for Bobby fish because he's awesome, you know, and he's, he's, he's awesome. But I don't look at Bobby fish as a guy with a very high ceiling, even in NXT. He's always just kind of seemed like the last member of Undisputed Era. And that kind of sucks because he's that good. But at the same time, I don't think he's the kind of guy that they will put in the NXT title picture. Maybe even in the North American title picture. I just don't see him as being that guy in their mind. But the Cruiserweight title, he would have awesome matches with Kushida. Let me see that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've we've got quite a few Ultra Chats here about Lost Intangibles, the rest of talks. Let's just do a couple here real quick. Uh, the Intangible One, Ryan B. Bad. Oh, ah. like your name changed. Thank you very much. That's very good. Um, Thick Boy Era now begins, and I'm all in for it. Me too. Uh, also, so glad that Pete blew up Ollie. Thank you. I used to bask in the glory of King Chopper and then was sad when he became a fool's fool. But now he is a rap god. Hashtag Lost Intangibles. I'm not Eminem. God, just wear a hey, hat. Hey, his name is Eminem. His girl wanted Eminem, so he gave her an Eminem, Eminem, and Eminem. <laughs> oh my God! God Almighty! Uh, <laughs> the other one here uh, says the Gecko Seventeen said, "We'll be watching live, but I'm about to go finish my D and D campaign. Lost Intangibles for life. One for for, for life. Uh, two D and D campaign. Awesome! Oh, I'm oh, happy D&D. for you. I love D and D. That's great. Go do your yeah." do that um god it's like a trigger word for pete you say it really D&D, is and he's I like a dog D&D. his head just perks up genuinely it's oh it's great um sadie 6969 degan says uh well if it isn't the coolest dudes my reaction to your reveal i can't say this oh my god effing hell nearly uh you beautiful boys are awesome ah can't wait to get my Lost Intangible shirt. Can't wait for y'all to hold all the Wrestle Talk gold. Oh, I love NXT, by the way. A great cage match and hit row rule. They really do. Uh, oh, thank you very much for all the uh, for all the love. Uh, of course, we're great and we deserve it. Uh, but yes, thank you nonetheless. Um, and uh, Judas Messiah says, uh, so this is the first week of you of your guys' three-week push. Can't wait till you two get destroyed by Ollie and I can stop hearing you two always complaining. I mean, complain about the awesome Alexa and dexter that is a really interesting ultra chat and in no way truthful because all of us we will hold all the wrestle talk gold i will become jam that champion tempest will become quizomania champion once again and we will be destroying wrestle talk from the top down bow anyway. covers it bow covers yeah. it thank mm-hmm. you for thank you for your money Judas. <laughs> yeah. thanks for the money bro Uh, the rest of 
NXT. Uh, but before we do, I did just want to say one more time. Uh, we t- we have merch. We're the greatest, obviously. Uh, Lost Intangibles, the WrestleTalk merch. You can get your uh, T-shirt by going to the top of the description or in the pinned comment, go and get your LIW T-shirt right now and also if you want to become a member on the channel get a bunch of emotes you can also get your brand new liw emotes uh in the chat and you can uh yeah start spamming that all up in the chat why not because we're great and we can do that kind of thing um okay so this episode of nxt itself uh started off with tony storm versus zoe stark uh, which got it had a little uh video package at the start of the show as well as the bronson reed johnny gargano one was like a dual video package um And I will say this, what I really like about NXT is that the vast majority of the matches on each show feel like they've had at least some sort of build. And this one, even if not every story knocks it out the park and is an absolute, you know, world-class feud or whatever, at least it's had a bit of story and there's a bit of something to sink your teeth into with everything. This had its own story for a couple weeks. It had... As much as we've disagreed with, you know, Tony Storm losing consistently and things like that, had its speed bumps along the way, I was still very interested in this match. This felt like more of a big deal because they built it up for at least a few weeks. And these two, you know, they they came in and they they had their match at the TakeOver pre-show and Zoe Stark got the big win. And that was kind of Zoe Stark's big, um, like, push starting moment out of that. And I think something they've done really well with Zoe Stark is that she didn't feel out of place against Tony Storm in this match, which I, I think they've done a very good job in making her feel like, oh, she's she's part of the NXT women's roster now. She's not just some newbie coming in. She's she's not a Leah, put it that way, um, who's right. been there for forever and, and is just very much just kind of there. Um, she yeah. did. She feels like she has her place in NXT now, which is I think they've done a very good job with. Yeah. So I have a few thoughts about this. Um First, saying that uh, Zoe Stark has... Okay, first of all, can I just say that I need these two to never wrestle each other again for the simple mm-hmm. reason that doing the written review, I kept wanting to call her Tony Stark. <laughs> I kept merging their names together and it was like, oh yeah, Tony Stark, that sounds right, because it does. Because yeah, it obviously. is right, yeah. 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 Oh God, never wrestle again, just for that reason. But anyway... Yep. I thought that Zoe Stark and Tony Storm did feel close to being on the same level. Mm. And it felt more like not necessarily just Zoe Stark coming up to Tony Storm's level, but I thought this rivalry as a whole kind of brought Tony Storm down a little bit. So it was like them meeting in the middle. Mm. That is good for Zoe Stark, not so good for Tony Storm, but. If we can go a good direction out of this, I feel like that can be a positive. Because for me, this match is like a crossroads where you can either go... you If if everyone involved loses matches in the next two weeks, I'm going to blow a gasket and be like, what was the point of any of this? Wins mm-hmm. and losses should matter. The whole deal. But if Tony Storm is able to go and face Frankie Monet, or if she's going to... Well, she'll probably lose, so don't do that. But if she goes on and if she's the next challenger for the women's title or if they do something like that, that's a good direction where you can build off of this and give her a win that means something. That would be good. But if this just leads to more losses for everyone, I feel like we're just wasting our time. That being said, I really like the match. So I'm hoping we get the more positive outcome at coming out of this. But the match itself was really good. And look at that new finish. Oh, dude, let's talk about that. Because yeah. 
I, I was stunned because uh, Tony Storm a couple of times went for the Storm Zero, uh, got reverses. There's a really nice reversal uh, going into Hurricane Rana out of the Storm Zero, which looks really, really nice. Um, and then she just hit the Storm Zero and I was like, oh, cool. Tony Storm wins. And then she kicked out and I was like, I hate that. Why is she kicking out of the Storm Zero? That's really stupid. I'm I'm so mad at this. Why do they do that? I'm an idiot. I'm a mark because the whole reason was Tony Storm's debuting a new finisher. That's the whole point of this. Um, my note for that was what in the name of F was that new finish from Storm? I think I liked it, but it's wild as hell. Um, I was going to get a GIF and play it. Turns out the GIF is too large for the thing we're on. So I'm just going to share my screen. So we're, we're going to improvise here. Let's, let's, let's see if this works. Hey, there it is. Man, that's tiny. Yeah, sure is. But look at it. I The wild. way I looked at it, the way I it's looked wild. at this move, there's a lot of like twisting involved. And I think that sure makes is. it kind of look uh, more complicated than it is. Because to me, this is like Randy Orton's backbreaker mixed with a DDT slash pile driver. Right. Where instead of just dropping to, to her knees and wrenching on the back and neck, she just drops Zoe Stark on her head. So wild i think we said or not we said but on twitter her uh her trainer this was his move and a yes. lot of people were like oh my god she used your move can you believe it and he's like well yes i trained her uh apparently it's called the ruby cutter mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's going to be the name that she uses but something to keep in mind a little piece of trivia if not yeah and apparently it was like a, a slightly altered version where it went into a ddt version rather than like a cutter version because yeah. i believe those were the two uh yeah which i i've watched this several times to try and figure out what was going on with it um and i think it's growing on me the, the more i watch it i'm like actually that's pretty cool i like it i like it a lot it's cool um, i can I mean, rock with it yeah a- any kind of move that's kind of ends in a ddt or some sort of landing on the head thing i'm like yeah that's good i, I can buy that <laughs> um so yeah that was really cool um tony storm gets the win off that move uh which i thought was really cool i'm glad that she got the win back over zoe stark and it kind of says that it kind of almost proves tony right that like zoe did get a a fluke victory in in a sense um which we know isn't necessarily true because zoe has kind of been proving herself against serate like she held her own against serate and stuff like that so i don't think zoe stark got particularly buried out of this by any means but tony got an important win which was then undermined by frankie monet um who came out and um she i mean that's her thing is just interrupting everything and being a knob uh which is just what she did so she came out and like the graphics all came out frankie monet in ring debut next week uh and just kind of interrupting tony storm's celebration uh yeah fine that's what frankie monet that's what she's doing as a heel is just interrupting all the women's segments ever sure go for it because i i quite I'm still not sold on Frankie Monet as a character. I mean, we haven't seen her wrestle yet. So, you know, obviously we've seen her wrestle elsewhere, but not in NXT as of yet. So I'm still not 100% bought in to Frankie Monet. But something I do like that they've done so far is that she's just gone to all of the women's division. Like she hasn't picked a feud yet. She's literally mm-hmm. just gone like Io Shirai, Emma Moonshotty, Blackheart, Tony Storm. Like it just doesn't matter. She's just going to interrupt and annoy everyone in the women's division. Like Raquel Gonzalez, like none of that matters. She's just going to annoy everyone, which I kind of like. I, I think they've done a decent job with that. I would agree. Yeah. Um, after that, we had uh, Legado del Fantasma backstage. Um, and uh, the interviewer says, where's Santos Escobar? And they say, he's resting. Don't talk about him. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> then they uh, essentially challenge uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher to a match because they interrupt. Timothy Thatcher did some really bad comedy uh, here, which did not land for me in the slightest. Um, he said some stupid Spanish, said El Gato no tiene zapatos, which means the cat doesn't have shoes, which doesn't really mean anything. doesn't make sense. And then Ciampa was like, well, it makes perfect sense. And anyway, we should fight you. And I was like, that's not a joke. This had <laughs> big WWE scripting vibes to it. And I, 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 I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really have strong feelings about it one way or the other, but it definitely felt more like a WWE segment than than anything else. Yeah, I, I think the thing for me is that I've really liked Champer and Thatcher. Like as a duo, yeah. I feel like they could be so good. Like we got a glimpse of it in the one promo they had a few weeks ago, where they were just sitting backstage and they cut the yeah. promo. And Champer was super duper serious, got up and shut the chair aside, and Thatcher just stayed there, cocked his head and smiled at the camera. I was like. That's a cool team right there. They just need to be stony-faced. Don't take any S-word. Go out and just beat people up because they like to fight, kind of baby-faced duo. I'm all on board. When I look at Champer and Thatcher, I don't see a comedy duo. And I don't get why they're trying to do comedy. Like, you know, Toothless Timmy yeah. and hitting people with the shoes and like stuff like that. I'm like, well, what's the... Why are you doing that? That's not their strong suit. Why are you making them do that? Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. just me, though. I just really like him. Um... We then had, uh, we'll talk about Cameron Grimes later when we get into his match, because those two are pretty intrinsically linked. Um, we then had uh, the first of two segments where Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell were getting massages. Um, very well mm -hmm. produced uh, segments. How you doing, Tempest? Uh, and... So great. Just so awesome. Great. Okay. Uh, Candice and Indy getting massages and Candice being like isn't this such a great day just getting massages we're the champions now Johnny Gargano is going to take care of Bronson Reed tonight isn't this so great and Indy just is getting massaged they put the you know the cucumber over the eyes and all that stuff and uh, and then she says you know I'm so glad that you were right about Dexter Loomis just being weird and a loser and no one likes him and he's stupid and he just follows me everywhere and he sucks and it pans up, and it turns out that Dexter Loomis is the one giving the massage to Indy Hartwell. Bum, bum, bum. So he hears her say all this stuff, and he gets very sad, and then he walks off. Oh, poor Dexter sad. Loomis. He's sad. For Christ's sake, people. Like, come on. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to repeat myself on this show. I really don't because I feel like it gets repetitive and all that sort of thing. And it is to a, to an extent it's a gimmick now, but what part of this makes any sense? He's now, he's now a masseuse in addition to being a painter and a wrestler and a scope. He's, he's a stalker. He's stalking her in this segment. Why is he there massaging her head and shoulders? During her spa day, in what normal is in what normal universe is this babyface behavior? He is through and through a heel in this in this feud, and I don't understand what. Like I get it, it's it's funny, it's wacky, goofy pro wrestling. Haha! <laughs> oh my god, Dexter Lewis, the the silent the silent lover guy. Look, what is this? What am I watching? What am I watching, Pete? I don't understand. <laughs> Okay, Tempest. Oh my god! I'm, 
I'm I'm gonna need you to not be mad at me. <laughs> I thought this was alright. <laughs> if if you I, I if you right. leave logic behind, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Just leave logic out the window. Yeah, totally. Just but just I take, don't take like to do that. <laughs> I like my shows to have a little bit of logic, just a little bit, just this much logic. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's he did the massage and she said the thing and he went and then walked off. And it's classic misunderstanding sitcom mishearing trope thing. It's fine. And I tell you what made me really laugh, actually, was not the segment itself, but Wade Barrett afterwards on commentary just saying, well, I will never feel comfortable closing my eyes during a massage ever again because I've just yeah. seen that. Love Wade Barrett. He's great. Um, but I, yeah, okay. Didn't like the Dexter Loomis stuff at first. And you know that me and you have been back and forth, said our piece on Dexter Loomis a lot at this point. It's wearing me down, man. It's wearing me down. I don't, I didn't, I didn't mind this stuff. It was okay. It's, it's, it's just, I'm sorry. I kind of enjoyed it. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what to say. I just, I have right. not. Oh my lord! Are you okay? That real? Up, up, down, down in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. know if that's real. I don't if know that's if that's real. real if it Hello. Is. Hi. Probably not though. Big fan. I I would assume probably not. Probably not uh, real. But probably hey, not. No. Probably yeah. not. Regardless, I have not gotten to the point yet where I can just turn my brain off and enjoy the performances of the people mm -hmm. involved. Sure. If I get to that point, then cool. Cool. I, I will, at that point, enjoy it. But until then, the absolute lack of logic in this storyline kind of kills it for me. Mm -hmm. Luke. Weren't you and Ollie fooled by a fake AEW account? Just throwing it out there. Anywho, um, we then had... Yeah, so that was the first of two segments. We'll get to the second one later. We then had a Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor 2 hype package. And I thought this was awesome. I thought I really this was this. so good. Because I wasn't super duper into Balor versus Cross 2. I'm like, I'm sure it's going to be a great match. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to have a load of fun with it. But I wasn't like particularly roast uh, <laughs> reading the chat. I've, I've just like completely lost my train of thought. Um, I wasn't particularly invested into the match itself. I wasn't like emotionally invested into into this kind of rematch. Um, but this made me emotionally invested into this match. Like this was like, okay, now I really want to watch this match because this had all of the... Uh, all of the hype that I needed, like it was epic dramatic music. It was them two watching the, like their previous encounter. I love like the little comments, like uh Bala hitting the coup de grace and then like Karen Cross just being like, oh, I felt that when I was walking that off for days kind of thing. But then he pounces out of it and gets him in the choke. I was like, I don't know how we got out of this. Like I, I thought I had him here kind of thing. It was just like very kind of like almost candid in a way of them watching it. But then like them cutting their promos on each other saying that, you know, this was going to be the, you know, most epic match or whatever and then you had different people coming in at pat mcafee saying his piece paul Heyman's inclusion 
was a masterstroke because he was saying everyone's going to be watching this, including your tribal chief Roman Reigns, still getting over the character, even on NXT, doesn't drop it for a second, love it. And he's saying, I'm known for not giving predictions, but giving spoilers. But for this match, it's too close to call. And I was like, God, that's so clever. Because now it's genuinely making me feel like, I don't know who's going to win this. I was like, of course I know who's going to win. Cross is going to win. That's obvious. But now, literally, all of the pieces of this, I was like, but what if he doesn't? And this was just (laughs) one of those things where I was like, it's just like a genius little stroke of making people buy into the stakes of this match. I thought this was a wonderful, wonderful segment. Yeah, this was an expertly produced promo package. It felt real. You know, Mm. obviously the volumes turned up because it's pro wrestling and normally people aren't going to be like, oh, I was feeling that for days. Oh, he kicks out of all my moves. I don't know what I'm going to do and be like really dramatic with it. But I could definitely see like a UFC fight do something like this. I could Mm. see even just like if they did a feature on like a really hyped up basketball game or hockey game or football game and you just have the star players watching film back and commenting on it while analysts were giving their opinion throughout. I really like when I feel like what I'm watching, I can totally suspend my disbelief. And Mm -hmm. this was a segment where like, it took half a second for me to suspend my disbelief because what I was watching felt real. And I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah, 100%. And also, we've said a lot about how Cross probably shouldn't cut as many promos as he does, especially not like the in-ring ones. They feel a little bit disjointed with his character and stuff like that. His promo part of this, I thought, was wonderful. So, so good and fit his character perfectly. Like, this is the kind of promo that he needs to cut when he is cutting a promo. Um, Thought it was so, so good. Um, I'm really excited for that match, by the way, next week. Something else that I've really just enjoyed about NXT as a whole is every week it feels like we've got a big match coming. Because yeah. it's like, you know, previous week we had the Cruiserweight and the NXT Women's Championship match. And then this week we had the North American Champion uh, North American Championship. Next week we've got the NXT Championship. Or at the very least, we've got like a number one contendership thing. Like one title picture is always progressing every single week with a big match. And that is fantastic. And they, they cycle them in and out perfectly, I think, to yeah. just keep the keep the wheels spinning for every single title all the time and they, they they do that so so well in nxt and it's brilliant yeah um, it's probably my favorite thing that's been brought back since uh takeover is just mm-hmm. like they're promoting their shows again and yeah. that's just i it feels like such a day one first lesson you learn kind of thing where just like announce your matches beforehand give people time to get excited for them but wwe because they just rewrite their stories so often they don't do that that being said it's happening now in nxt and I love it. And mm-hmm. I really need it to like never stop happening again. It's just so good. We know matches that are going to take place two weeks from now, not even yeah. one week from now. Two weeks from now, we know what the main event is going to be. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, oh, it's just good. It's just good, isn't it? And the thing is, and you know, with NXT, they're going to follow through with it. It's not like on the main roster where they're going to say, and yeah. next week we're going to have this, and then they'll just scrap the match because rewrites and stuff. Um, yes. Anyway. We then had, uh, off a, a previous uh, segment, we had a match, which was uh, Cameron Grimes, who's been so good as of late. Um, he enters into the uh, arena, and he uh, talks to some random wrestlers who were, who were gathered there and says, hey, why don't you park it out front? I'm Cameron Grimes. I Just just him getting out and just with the jacket and the hat and no top and all that <laughs> stuff. And him, and him just saying, Cameron Grimes, 
I'm like, <laughs> who does that? Who just says their name when they get out of like their car? He's just the best. You know, I completely agree with you. Who does that? Cameron Grimes does that. And Cameron I believe it. Yeah. I believe, I believe he, does that. he does that. Yeah, he really does. Um, he gets into a little verbal thing with Jake Atlas. Uh, Atlas saying, actually, Ted DiBiase's got the, the spot out front. So, sorry, no can do. And Grimes just says, hey, I'm going to beat your ass in the ring or whatever he said. Uh, so they had a match later on, which was uh, after the Cross Balor uh, hype package. And uh, Cameron Grimes comes out and he said, I'm sick of Ted DiBiase screwing me over. Here's the real Ted DiBiase. And he plays this video package of just a bunch of highlights of Ted DiBiase getting embarrassed all the time. Uh, tons of stuff from, from back in the day, which I, re I really like the fact that they reference their own continuity from decades ago uh, is really nice. I, 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 I quite enjoyed it. Wrestling was so good. <laughs> like, I know it's it's easy to like romanticize the big moments and everything but like man when you look at like the million dollar man ted dibiase and think about like where he is on the hierarchy of 80s wrestlers it's probably he's like he's not top five in wwe because there were so many big names but think about that he's mm -hmm. like an all-time great character yeah. but he's still like sixth seventh from the top from that era Oh, mm. This is just me gushing about old wrestling. Yeah, I will say. Hilarious, but ah, no, wrong one. This one. There it is. He's the wealthiest <laughs> Pokemon. He says his own <laughs> name. He just says his own name. Cameron Grimes. Uh, Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes. Thank you for that one, Sarah. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so then then uh, the crowd obviously still chanting for DiBiase after the video package is done. Uh, then they have a match. The match itself is fine. Whatever, Good. bit of bit of wrestling, uh, and then Ted DiBiase himself comes out to NXT. Uh, they they show the limo arriving earlier. He comes out towards the end of the match, and just him being there distracts Cameron Grimes. Jake Atlas gets the roll up victory, and uh, Ted DiBiase laughs a lot and then walks off. Uh, and Cameron Grimes once again goes out, like chases him out. He attempts to get back in the ring and beat up Jake Atlas some more, but Atlas punches him off the apron. He runs to the outside and tries to get inside his limo. I think he watched it slightly he wasn't supposed to be able to get in but he totally opened it on the first one anyway but that's by the by he totally had his hand over the edge of it but that's by the by it's whatever and um and then he um he the ted dibiase rolls down the window and then he he says some things and he drives off it's, it's fine it's good i enjoyed it it's a, it's a ten and a half hour drive for a two hour <laughs> flight for two <laughs> minutes of screen time <laughs> i hope he's staying in orlando for a bit i know yeah. he is. he's gonna be I on the should. show next week too but I love the idea where he was just like, all right, I'm going to collect that paycheck. This is fun, guys. It's good to see yeah. you all. I'll uh, I'll be back. Like he needs it. He spent $20 million on a house last week. Goodness yeah. me. Um, uh, then we had yeah, the, the little video package for Bronson Reed, just saying after 14 years, he'll have made it if he wins, which was great. Um, then we had a sit-down interview with Pete Dunne. And yeah, same. Um, he says he wants to go for the NXT Championship. There's it says there's a logical reason why he should go for basically any championship in in NXT, which I really like because there is. And he references his own past, which is great with Walter and saying that he beat Johnny Gargano in the ring before, which he has, which was nice. Pete Dunne has a certain type of charisma. Sit down interviews is not his type of charisma. Um, no, that's not to say he's not charismatic. He is. 
this kind of promo is not the kind of promo he should be cutting. They've been making him do a lot of promos lately, and I don't think that's his strong suit at all. And I get the feeling that they want him to be kind of the UK, odd, bad man kind of character, but he just kind of isn't. I'll be honest, I couldn't believe they put this on TV. Mm. Like, I, if someone, we all know that Pete Dunne is amazing. I love Pete Dunne. I've, since starting this, this podcast, I've, Talked about him being like one of my top guys in NXT. Love his work. Nice guy. Mm. The whole deal. If someone watched this NXT for the first time, like this was their first introduction to NXT, this guy came across as the most boring non-star on the entire show. And that blows me away because I know that's not what Pete Dunne is. Pete Dunne's awesome. But like, oh my God, this was like the most boring promo segment I've ever seen. It was the most complete opposite from the Adam Cole promo segment with, with the same guy, Arash Markazi, just like a few weeks ago. Like they were by the pool and he had all this charisma and he was blowing it off and he was late and he was talking on the phone. He had the sunglasses. This was just, hi, my name's Pete. Oh, you know, um, I'm. I'm I'm going I want to I want to I want to face the champion you know and uh, I don't and like I don't want to make fun of it because he's he's so good but like oh my god yeah yeah it's wild this this <laughs> did feel like he was having an interview like out of character yes. it was just him sitting down and being like hey you know yeah I'm I'm feeling like I just want to go for the NXT championship at some point um yeah I I just feel like that's the path I'm going to go down and it was like like his whole character the last like while the last like month or something is him just being like i'm the baddest man in nxt prove me wrong it was proper like in your face and even though i don't think his promos in that character have been you know outstanding or anything they were good and this just felt like a massive step back and i do not understand why they did it i no. mm, yeah like, i've, I don't I've know. seen some people here uh in the comments uh not even necess- i wouldn't say they're defending it at all but saying that it felt like a shoot interview but if you're gonna mm. do a shoot interview type of promo on nxt you need to do it with someone who has the charisma to just be a natural character adam Pete done yeah exactly you need to do it with someone like adam cole maybe you could do it with someone like tomaso champa you know mm-hmm. guys that just are characters like if you talk to yeah. them they would be larger than life when you're sitting down talking to pete dunn he is a guy and that's not how i would yeah dude Pete Dunne who could kick anyone's ass Wade Barrett who was one of the better promos of the last like decade in WWE yeah I don't I don't know if they would want uh 6'4 Wade Barrett standing behind 5'8 Pete Dunne but that's that's just me nitpicking the idea yeah I mean if he had a mouthpiece he could be like Mm -hmm. he could be NXT champion just oh, never yeah. do never do this again yeah it was an odd decision is what i would yeah. call it uh we then had killian dane versus alexander wolf which was the culmination of a few weeks of story yeah goes a couple minutes uh marcel bartel throws in a chair uh wolf goes to use it and instead dane hits the running splash thing and pins him it was, was an odd. angle yeah and then uh afterwards imperium seemingly kick out alexander wolf they beat him up mm. 
And then they said, and next we've got Legado del Fantasma versus Champer and Thatcher. This was not a big deal in the slightest. And it no, really should have been. Yeah, I mean, Imperium's a big deal. Um, not necessarily on this show. I mean, Imperium is former NXT tag team champions and Walter's a big deal, but I haven't really been super invested in this storyline. Like, it was fine. Everyone did their parts well, but I just like, this is low on the list of storylines that I care about in NXT, you know? Yes. Like, the progression yep. and everything has been good. Like, they've told the story well. I just don't care with the any of the people involved, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Because I really like Imperium. That's the thing. Really, really yeah. like what they've been doing. And I felt like if they were going to kick someone out, it should have been a bigger deal. Like, Imperium's... Yeah. Imperium's like MO, what makes them stand out is they're like unity as a team and like Matt is sacred and all that jazz. And them just being like, mm, JK, you're out now is yeah. a bit weird, but hey ho. I guess it was like a face turn for Wolf, I guess. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It was whatever. Um, then I had a backstage promo with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai saying that they want to go for the NXT Women's Tag Championships again. Uh, sure. And well, then. Dakota said that. True. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's an true. important point. I feel like this okay. is more Dakota being like, I want to be a champion too, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They're, they're kind of continuing that little dissension of Dakota and, and Raquel whenever that happens. And then Ever-Rise come in and then they get slapped by Raquel Gonzalez. It's cool. Uh, the, other, the other note I had here was that I'm glad that there was some sort of liquid in their mugs because normally yes. the, mugs, the mugs would be empty. And if someone got slapped and fell over, there wouldn't be anything coming out. And there was something that came out the mug. Good attention to detail. Yep. I That's also I appreciated that, that. Yep. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, we then had Legado del Fantasma versus Champa and Thatcher. May I? May I? Certainly. Take the floor, Tempest. Now, this, this could be me totally galaxy-braining it and looking for... Not looking for things to be wrong... But I feel like I'm probably more negative on this match than most people because most people could probably watch this and be like, oh, it was a fun time. Look at the flippy stuff. Whatever. You know, not think too hard about this. I thought this match had the worst psychology of any match I've seen this year. I Any match? Any match. Like as far as a match that went time that wasn't like three minutes long, you know, as like a pushed, not promoted, but a featured match on a show. I did not get this at all. Like you had Champa and Thatcher, who were the baby faces, take like 80% of this match. They were on offense the entire time. And their offense was like chin locks and head locks and like wrist locks. And I was like, oh my God, is this match going anywhere for like the first chunk? And then they went to commercial with Legado del Fantasma starting to get the heat. They came back from commercial and Champa was running wild with clotheslines. So we missed that portion of heat. Nothing happened there that I saw. I don't know. I don't know what that was. And then they just keep going. Legato del Fantasma are the heels, but their offense is exciting. They had like all the cool kicks and the flips and the Lucha style. It just felt like these two teams were absolutely swapped. And I don't know how something like this happens. Like it was... It's just so weird. Like, and it just kept going. Normally, if you see something like this where the styles don't really mesh, then it's usually a short match. 
you know, like it'll be like five minutes or less so that they don't have, you know, all of the, the cool fun offense from the heels overshadowing the baby faces, but it just kept going. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, I know that they're supposed to be the baby faces because Grizzled Young Vets came out and cost them the match and they had a heel finish, but like, who put this match together? Uh, I thought it was right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't notice uh, most of that, honestly. I, I just quite enjoyed the action, mostly. Mostly I was just thinking about what I mentioned before, about how I wanted Champer and Thatcher to be a cool, serious team, and they weren't. And I just kind of lost in my own thought. I was kind of like half watching it and just being like, man, why are they a comedy team? That's kind of stupid. I just want them to come out and beat people up. That was most of my thoughts while I was watching it. Um, but okay, there was okay, a... hang on, hang on, hang on. One okay. second, sorry. This one comes up. Someone tell Tempest he can also like heels in a match. You're not supposed to! That's the point! You're not supposed to cheer the bad guys. I get it that we're all wrestling fans in 2021. And you can look at things and be like, oh yeah, those heels are really talented. Really like their work. In the context of the match, I'm supposed to boo Legato del Fantasma. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's the point. And he, both of them are exciting. And they worked as baby faces and they shouldn't have. What is happening? <laughs> Sorry, that one set me off. I don't I don't want this was the this was the one match in uh in the written review where I was like comment down below, let me know if I'm off base here, you know, because I totally understand if people were just like it's not that important, it's a random TV match, you just do whatever. You watch that, it's good stuff. That that comment that's wrong <laughs> i'll tell you that's wrong heels are meant to be booed go on pete rein me in so one we're gonna have to move on because we're gonna run out of time and we still got to talk about swerve yeah we haven't got there yet um mendoza got busted open hard way from a champ elbow looked rough they played the replay of that one ow he needs that face for important things like having a face yeah. um and also, yeah, Grizzle John Vets come out. They cost Champa. I know they tried to do the Ticket to Mayhem thing onto the apron. I thought it looked mm. a bit pants. Yeah. That's just me. Um, but then, yeah, uh, LDF get the win, uh, which was cool. We had a backstage promo from Bobby Fish, um, which I thought was cool, saying that I, I quite like the logic of this one. He's like, it, it, I wasn't helping Kyler Riley. I was getting back at Dunn and Lorcan. They put me out at War Games. I a tricep surgery, like they showed like the scar he had from it and stuff like that, which is really cool. And say so really now gross. he's back, and oh, it was awful, yeah. yeah. And uh, and yeah, and then he says that he's gonna fight Pete Dunn. Cool. Pete I Dunn's will probably love that win. match. Yeah, and Pete Dunn's probably gonna win and go on to do more stuff. Cool. I'm all in for it. Yeah. Um. Then we had the second of two of the way uh, segments with Indy and Candice. And Indy finds out that Candice was the one that bought the flowers. And she says, but that means that Dexter's still in love with me. But Dexter is the one that heard her say the things earlier. Gasp. Shock. Horror. I didn't mind this go. one. Yeah. Like, I knew this segment was coming. It was a little on the nose. For yeah. for me, because like the the uh, massage therapist 
It's like, yeah, I called your credit card company and you said that they had a, an outstanding charge for a florist and everything. I was like, what a credit card company just call, no. just tell someone that that seems like privileged wouldn't. information. Yeah. But absolutely, I mean, they would not say that, but you know, I, thought, I thought this may have been like stretched out over a few more weeks, but I mean, this, this segment went pretty much exactly how I imagined it would just a little sooner than I expected. So good for them. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it was cool. Indy's back interested in Dexter. We then had Saray versus Aaliyah. Was a match. This was a match. Saray won. And you know what? I I, I put in here, I was like, I mean, it's better than Saray not wrestling, I guess. Because you get to yeah. see her do some stuff. I'm not sure if this is the best way to get Saray over. And then I said, I take it all back. Her dropkick on the ropes and that side suplex is effing awesome. Because yeah. it just is. Her, her doing that drop kick, there was one a couple weeks ago and one here to Aaliyah. She just doesn't stop. Like the legs go through the off the person's face and yeah. through the ropes. It's it's great. I love that drop kick. It's beautiful. While anyway. I did think this was just a match, I will be fair and say that I think Aaliyah looked better here than she has in the past. I agree. Also, yes, 100% agree. Um, and Saray got another win. Cool. Uh, Shotzi and Ember got a promo. It was a promo. Didn't like this. This felt super contrived. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was also a promo. Yep. But then we got something really good, which yeah. was Hit Hit Row versus Tony Nese and Aria Divari. I love it. Oh, I love so it good. so much. It's so, so good. This was a perfect squash match in my in my humble opinion because it wasn't one move and win it was get everyone's characters over and make them look dominant and you had the the little comeback from aria divari doing some chops and stuff like that but then he got shut down immediately and then they just kind of dominated some more and it was perfect you had oh my god shanti adonis hit a wonderful looking drop kick in the middle of this and also it got over his whole character of him just being the one that always gets fired up and has to be held back the whole time him just kind of just pummeling davari in the corner and the ref having to drag him off and then his tag partner coming in a top dollar having to come in and then like drag him off because he was going to get him dq and stuff like that he's the guy that's like hard to control and top dollar's the guy that has all the power and then there's swerve who's swerve and is awesome the entire time and oh my mm, mm. This I love it. I love it. I love this, it. I love, I love it. I'm gonna make a bold statement here. Okay. This is a perfect faction. <sighs> oh, Tempest. A this, perfect faction. This is giving me such early shield vibes in a completely mm. different way. In just that everyone here feels like they completely a hundred percent belong. Like they all fit, but they are all completely different. Yes. Everyone here, they can mesh together in a similar style, but they've all got their own unique, completely different wrestling styles. And that's excellent. This is the biggest thing that I look for in a faction is if I can differentiate everyone and make it so like, okay, that's the leader. He's got that wrestling style. Here's the hard to control, high flying one. Here's the big muscly one. It's so good. It's mm -hmm. so good. Like, I can't remember the last time I was so excited for a wrestling faction to debut. Right? Yeah. What? They're, they've done nothing wrong with these guys so far. It's been right. perfect. I know they debuted, like, a week ago, but, like, hey, 
a perfect two weeks is that's how you start a perfect run. You have to start a yeah. perfect run with the perfect two weeks, and we just got a perfect two weeks. Oh man, that that you know what they are. You know what it is, Tempest. They're just cool. All right, they just just you don't have to quantify it. You don't have to say why. They're just cool. And there's nothing more to it than that. They're just really cool. Everyone's different. Everyone's got their selling points. Oh, they're just... Mm, give me more of that, please. So, so good. Love it. Thank you so much for existing. You're great. Um, and uh, Top Dollar got the win. It was kind of a fireman's carry into kind of like a suplexy brain buster type thing move, which is pretty yeah. cool. I like it. It was nice. Cool looking move. And then afterwards, Swerve cut a promo saying that he wants to go for the North American Championship. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins out of Gargano and Reed. He's coming for the North American title. Yes, please. All for that. I hope he's not the next challenger to Bronson. I want Bronson to hold the title a little bit. I want Swerve to be the person that beats Bronson for the title. Ideally. Do you think, and this is based on nothing except speculation, because that's what we mm -hmm. do here. Do yeah. you think that Bronson could be one of those guys that has a very short reign and yeah. has to chase again? Yeah. Because, you know, 100%. he waits 14 years to win his first WWE title. Like, oh, it's a big deal. Loses it in his first championship match to Swerve at TakeOver. And then mm -hmm. Swerve can be the long champion while Bronson Reed chases. Because honestly, yeah. I think that so serves everyone a lot better than Swerve just challenging and loses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could buy that. I I'm not opposed to the idea as long as Swerve isn't a transit uh, as long as um, Reed isn't a transitional champion. Yeah, that would be great. Um, it, as long as yeah, if he loses it and there's a story to it, and eventually he comes to try and win it back later, or there's a purpose to it, there's some kind of plan for Reed afterwards. I'm all for it. If they just have Reed lose and that's it, oh well, you had your chance. Off you go. That yeah. would be a bit bad, and I'd rather they extend it out. But it was it was good. Um, yeah, um, we had the main event after that. We got confirmation of a few matches soon, which is um, Agano del Fantasma versus MSK for the tag titles in two weeks' time. So, you know, that's already going to be a big match for that show. We've got Ember and Shotzi versus Raquel and Dakota next week. Cool. Frankie Monet is having an in-ring debut next week. Uh, Grimes and DiBiase are having a million-dollar face-off, which is such a stupid name, and I love it. Uh, and then we've got Balor and Cross next week as well. Balor Cross 2 next week. Which so is, much to be excited about. Ooh, there's a lot going on in NXT, and almost all of it is great. Like, goodness me. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought this was a really good episode. Really, yep. really good episode. Um, there, there, there was none of the kind of like as great as the main event was. You know, it wasn't like a you know a takeover quality amazing bra go amazing match. You have to go out your way to watch it. It was very, very fun. Really, really, really good match. Uh, but you know, not of the same degree is like you know kashida escobar for example um right. from last week or anything like that uh i had given this a four out of five show i thought it was I think, very good overall yeah i think this is an easy four out of five show there were stuff on there was there were things on the show that i wasn't as big a fan of like the the tag match and then the mm -hmm. pete dunn interview but that was yeah. really it like if you mm -hmm. took those two things out this would be a second five out of five show in a row like i just I love what they're doing with NXT. Like all yeah. these smaller matches are really good. You get a good main event every week. It's promoted ahead of time and everything advances the little stories that they've got. I've got nothing more to ask. Four out of five. More of this. Yes, please. Just more of this. It's logical storytelling that's progressing every week and I cannot get enough of it. Keep doing you NXT.
Uh, let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here. Uh, Bacon Rasher comes in to say, Afternoon, lads. So last week I said I don't get hit row, and maybe it's because I'm 36. This week, though, love him. Very cool group. Shuff for Bronson, but Swerve has to win it from him at some point. Lost intangibles for life. Jam that intangible. Jam, jam that jammable. Nope, doesn't work. No, we'll, we'll, we'll find some way. We'll find a way to to force that in and make it work somehow. Yeah. Uh, Karen Mir Chandani says, uh, "I'm aware this is hyperbole, but that Pete Dunne interview was the most natural sounding interview I've heard in WWE in a while. Like not just his delivery, but the questions by the interviewer were great as well. Uh, it, it did feel. I would. I'll give you that. It did feel very natural. It felt like they were having a chat, which is yeah. why I don't think they should have done it. Yeah. And if if you liked it, that's awesome i'm glad i just didn't and i will say if they did this promo with someone like kyla riley or some kind of baby face that yes. is supposed to be endearing to the fans this is a perfect way to do it have them strip away the character and just be themselves getting over this is me this is who i am cheer me because I, i'm great i'm relatable to you that's great this is not Pete Dunne. This is not Pete Dunne's character that he's been portraying at all. He's a, a, a hard man and a bad man that likes to fight and he wants to beat people up. That's not a character you're supposed to cheer necessarily. So yeah, yeah didn't work for me. It was a bit of a contrast. Uh, Rob Steedley says, uh, have Champer and Thatcher won a match since becoming a team? They look amazing, but they keep coming up short. Yeah, they beat Grizzle Junk Vets. They did. They certainly did. Uh, via a shoe. Via shoe. Yeah. Wade Barrett's um, shoe, in fact. Wade Wade via Wade Barrett's shoe. Uh Bacon Rasher again says, Hi again, lads. I think Champer and Thatcher are a decent team and now have sort of matching Harrington jackets uh jackets. Is matching ring gear a step too far for them? Also, Grimes and DBSE, I could honestly watch a film of them so random and so good together. L I W for life. Um yeah. <laughs> Look at anyway. it. Look at him putting Mr. Davis in there. He's so vain. His name's oh, Oliver. 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 Anyway. Um, yes, Grimes of DBSC, I could watch a film of. They're yeah. the best. If this um, was like 10 years ago, this would have been a perfect thing to put on WWE.com as like a dirt sheet kind of running mm, series. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly that, yeah. Um OGP, yeah, you know me, comes in to say, been a while since I watched NXT, but after Hit Row debuted last week, had to go back and watch. Made me excited to watch live this week while writing my paper for my final. I'm all in. Also, LIW, best storyline in wrestling. Elite who? Roman what? LMAO, Lost Intangibles for, for, for life. It's not that hard, guys. Oliver. Uh, and we've got loads more ultra chats about lost intangibles the wrestlers talk because why wouldn't we? Do you want to <laughs> do you want to take these ones? Oh, I don't see why not. Of course, we've got uh, Judas Messias back saying you guys are welcome for the money. Anywho, got my lost intangible shirt ordered. Dexter still the best and will be next champ soon. Well, that's your money again, and that is a solid T-shirt. Be like Judas Messias and order a shirt. The H train 24 says, will Dexter cause the intangibles to break up quicker than a three week push? Hell no. No, this is a bond. Exactly. No wrestler. 
We're no stronger than Dexter Loomis. Come on. Up. Dexter Loomis is going to break up the intangibles. Get out of here. Ronald Fisher says, I ordered l- the Lost Intangibles shirt before your reveal. So before it was cool. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't I don't know that they went on sale until they did that. But all it was right. probably a few hours before. Yeah, but sure. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. What do I know? Does that make me hipster? How much did Ollie dock your pay for his new hair? Hmm. Yeah, I know. What a vain Hair man. transplants aren't cheap, I tell you. Spending that company money on it. Yeah. This guy, this guy. Uh, the Zornese says, just want to pay some money to tell you your promos were the highlight of last Sunday. Love, love, love it. Pete, what's your favorite character class race in D&D? Tempest, have you ever played D&D? And what class would you like if you have played? So, uh, first things first, you should listen to the podcast version of this very podcast because we have exclusive bits on the the uh, on the intro and the outro, and we actually talk about D anD D on the outro of today's um, podcast, where I I kind of gush about it for a little bit, and then Tempest says, "Yes, D anD D." I said my feelings about D anD D. They were positive. Did. They were yes. Um, my favorite class race. I don't know if I have a favorite. Um class i'm gonna be a basic bitch and just say that barbarians are really cool because it's fun to hit stuff really hard and just rage at stuff um yeah sorry it's a very basic answer race i don't know they're all cool yeah they're fun make a cool character out of anything there you go yeah that's my that's my cop-out answer um yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my favorite character is the Joker. My favorite class was English. My favorite race is the Amazing. C sixty nine. Thanks, Pete. Very good. Very good. This, Sadie sixty nine. This, this is why we have Tempest on these shows. This is why the intangibles are a thing. Yeah. Sadie sixty nine sixty nine. Deegan says, "In that intangible, lost that intangible." D&D that New Japan. I don't know. <laughs> Love y'all. Hit Row is the coolest faction we've seen in ages. Yes, it is. I yes, agree. it is. D&D that New Japan is... Whoa, that's a that's a tangent. That's a diversion. Oh, yeah. And the last Ultra Chat to come in is from Cyclone, saying, I regret spamming the name that shall not be named, Pete. I'm sorry. Lost intangibles, 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 lost intangibles. Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. Yeah. Let's get that hey, one in there. Can, nailed can it get, home there at the end. Can we get Oliver over? Anytime that Ollie is on any sort of uh, stream from now on, any kind of podcast stream, any prediction stream, live reactions, everyone must refer to him as Oliver. 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 Full name. Oliver. All right, so let's not beat around the bush here. Got an email here from RLT Sandwich. I'm sure that's your real name. That says, hey guys, Pledgehammer RLT Sandwich here. I've seen a lot of promos on the WrestleTalk channel over the years, but the true debut of Lost Intangibles to WrestleTalk was A++++. Pete's lighting, the debut of the lower half of Tempest's body, and the justification for their actions was Chef's Kiss. Look out, Roman. There's a new best thing in wrestling. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I will say the bottom half of my body has been on camera before. I've been mm. in the ring on camera before. So That's if true. you really want to see it, check it out. 
Not my face, though. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll never get to see your face. Never, ever, see ever. Right, even though I can see it right now, breaking kayfabe, sorry. No, you <laughs> and I wear the mask 24-7, Pete. How dare mm-hmm. you? Totally, yeah, 100%. Um, uh, we've got an email here. Let's, let's get into a couple more emails here, uh, because this has been... In fact, no, before we get into the rest of the emails, I know we've just kind of been putting ourselves over the entire time. How are you, Tempest? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I got to see an NXT show that I quite liked, which mm-hmm. we've already talked about, of course, because this is after. Uh-huh. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, you know, I'm just kind of making my way through. It seems like things in Ontario are getting a little bit better. So that's, that's good. good. That's good. Cases are going down. Uh, I've heard I've heard whispers that we may not have to wait the full four months to get our second doses just because a lot right. of people will have gotten their first one. So let's not just waste them and and all that. So I've got Amazing. my fingers crossed on that because right now it's looking like I will be fully vaxxed by the end of August. And if it happens before nice. then, that is a big thumbs up and I will be very excited. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm just kind of just kind of going through life. A happy little intangible boy. Hell yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, on my on my week off, I started going back to the gym again. Crazy, which is nice. My my chest and shoulders are in a lot of pain. God. Mm-hmm uh yeah my my body was like i haven't lifted weights properly properly since 20 2015 2016 so my body was just like what 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 is it well stop what are you doing and it it doesn't like any of it um but i'm gonna push through it and i'm gonna keep on going maybe um but yeah so it's it's been a it's been a pretty decent week here um but anyway, yes, more emails. If you guys want to email in, support at WrestleTalk.com is the place to do it. And uh, we can read out your emails on the show. Uh, tell us how great we are. That's the that's a surefire way to get your email read out. Just just hype us up and we'll definitely read it because we are yeah. vain. Um, go on here from... Uh, let's have a look here. We've got one here from Josh. which says... Uh, which... Now, I didn't want to be this guy. Because I I didn't want to Andy this too much, right? Uh, no, never. But, Can never do that. Yeah. But the subject of the, the email here is loss in taggables, which mm. is just... Mm, you've, missed, you've missed an N out of that, which does change the perception of this email. But it's fine. Josh emails in to say, Hello, guys. Since the start of the year, I've been going back and watching every NXT TakeOver and love them all, obviously. It got me thinking, what do you think is an underrated takeover, underrated takeover match, and the best takeover of all time? For me, it would be underrated takeover, War Games 2018, underrated takeover match, DIY versus Revival versus AOP at Orlando, and best takeover, New York. Love to hear what you think. Josh. Hmm. Well, it's it's tough. Mm. I would say for an underrated takeover, I'd probably say Orlando because I mm-hmm. think that one's 100%. just been completely forgotten. Yeah, like there were there were no title changes on that show, and mm-hmm. the only debut was Alistair Black, and that was like overshadowed by the crowd dicking yes. around. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like they don't go back and highlight anything from that show. But all the top matches, whether it's the tag Ember Moon and Oscar. Or the the main event, Bobby Roode and Nakamura. Like all those matches were really, really good. They just have kind of forgotten about that show on, yeah. on the whole. Totally, um, yeah. Yeah. What about what about you? Uh, underrated takeover is difficult because everyone loves all of them. Um, 
I don't, hmm. I don't really know. I don't know. I'm. I might have to just agree with Orlando. I think both of what the else? Chicago's were pretty good. Both of the Chicago's were great. I love the first Chicago so much, mainly for yeah. Peter and Tyler Bate. That's genuinely like such an amazing match. It's yeah. so so good. Um, I don't really take like, over. Sorry, go ahead. Like those middle Brooklyn shows. Mm-hmm. Like the first Brooklyn show gets remembered a lot for the Bailey yeah. match. Totally. And then, like, the more recent one was remembered for, like, the Gargano-Champa matches. Mm-hmm. But those middle ones were still really good. Yeah. And again, totally. like, that that 2016-2017 era of NXT just kind of gets, like, forgotten about a little bit. But mm-hmm. the takeovers were still so good. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for an underrated takeover match, um, I... I The thing is, it's it's so unfortunate because I feel like a lot of this... A lot of these, when you say they're underrated it sounds like you're saying that people don't think they're good. And it's like, no, everyone thinks they're good. They're just not as recognized as them. So I'd say something like Viking Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet was Ooh, great show. such a good match. But like, no one really talks about it that much when you think yeah. of like the top takeover matches or anything. It was like that or this one's probably more recognized. I, I think it flew under the radar for a long time. And people recently have been like, wait, no, actually this match was amazing. It was... Um, American Alpha versus Revival were Takeover Dallas. Oh yeah, which is just another brilliant match. Those are probably my two biggest like underrated ones. Yeah, I I mean there was a stretch where Undisputed Era had the best match on every Takeover, and the most underrated one to me is when they faced uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Yes, and I can't I can't remember. I think it was Chicago Two. It was something it, like that. It was one of yeah. those shows, but that match was excellent and no one in the crowd really cared like they didn't care about Lorcan and Birch because they were just kind of like an underneath team Mm -hmm. but man that I watched that and I was like this is going to be like one of my matches of the year and of course it probably didn't end up being like that level but oh so good so 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 good I love that match I love all the matches that Undisputed Era had in that era like their matches Mm -hmm. with Mustache Mountain on TakeOver so good so good oh I love TakeOver's that was Chicago too. I just I just googled it. Well done. I am, uh, I, I am not a fact checker for no reason. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. That that match was so good. I think especially because Lorcan and Birch were so like, they they were relative unknowns in like the tag division. It was like oh, I only had a couple week build, and like they kind of came in and was like, and you get an NBC title match. Everyone was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um. So pe- people weren't too keen on it. But then by the end of the match, I remember the crowd being like, damn, like. They're really good <laughs> by, yeah. by the end of that. Um, yeah, very, very good. Uh, thanks for the email, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get into another one. Let's do... Misha! Oh, this is an email for me. This is about D&D. Misha comes in to say, Daniel Bryan and fans chanting yes.gif is the opening bit amazing thank you finally the true powerhouses of the wrestle talk locker room are going to clean up the company and with merch hey guys did you know we had merch wrestleshop.com buy a, fire uh, merch yeah lost intangibles the wrestle talk t-shirt go get it um now something i've been pondering for a while the parallels between vince mcmahon's management style and being a bad dm let's do a comparison okay so this is this is for me uh playing favorites consider hulk hogan as the only gun in the group uh, who is the skeevy DM? Who the skeevy DM is trying to impress? It makes sense. Capriciousness. Three week pushes for everyone. No sneezing at the gaming table. 
makes sense. Indulges own fetishes, big beefy boys and over-sexualized women, sure. Largely ignores input from others, except for favorites, Tribal Chief, RK Pro, etc. Uh, changing things arbitrarily, another last-minute rewrite. Inconsistent application of rules. What exactly qualifies as a DQ these days, anyway? Be interested to see if you find folks agree or had any other observations on that score. Stay safe, bros. Misha. P.S. Hazal Warcaster is back. It's not really. I had a week off and I wanted to do a skit, so I did. But it's not really back. But thanks, Misha, anyway. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'll, I'll, For the sake of Tempest, I'll just say, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with all of that. Totes. How, Totes what, that, that D&D. What's your thoughts on D&D, Tempest? We need, we, need to, we need to hash this out. I am not creative enough to create a character and be able to just like think up imaginary storylines like kind of on the fly like that mm-hmm. like i can watch a stream like i would watch the cbw streams that we would do and i would see that and be like oh this is really fun i don't think i could do this though mm-hmm. like my brain just doesn't work the same way usually mm-hmm. if i want to do something like that i need some time to like let everything marinate come up with different ideas whereas when i see like a you know a dm just kind of saying like okay this and this you your role was denied or however it works you know it's just like and you have to change your plan like you don't get mm-hmm. to do what you were thinking of you have to go in a different direction yeah i don't think i could do that mm-hmm. so like i've got nothing against the game and everything like it seems like a whole lot of fun i wish i could do it but i don't think it's for me hmm that's fair enough. I that's very interesting because you say like oh you couldn't react on the fly and coming up with storylines and stuff like that. What would happen if you were in a promo segment with someone and it was kind of a little bit unscripted and you're kind of you're playing a character obviously when you're doing a promo. So you're kind of role playing in that sense, but you're and you know it's a little bit unscripted. You know roughly what you want to say, but it's kind of going back and forth a little bit and someone says something and like I need to respond to that line specifically so you have to change what you have to say kind of thing. Is it are you comfortable with that? Or are you are you more of like, I need to say these things and that that's what I need to say kind of thing? The times that I've done actual promo battles uh, in the past, I've kind of gone more with the latter where I'll go into it with more of a mindset of what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't talk to the guy beforehand and be like, hey, bro, if you could tee me up to say these things, yeah, I'd, exactly. I'd really appreciate it. You know, yeah. I don't, I haven't really done that. But a lot of the time, it's just kind of like worked out that what they've said hasn't thrown me off of the path I was going to take. Um, but if if the time comes where I need to adjust on the fly, usually I don't have too much of a problem doing that because I don't have much of like a wrestling character. It's mm-hmm. just me. You know, I've yeah. got I've got a mask on and colorful tights and and everything. But it's kind of like where I'm allowed to express how I feel about the business and about wrestling and wrestling fans mm-hmm. and wrestlers and everything like that so i've got all of that feeling inside and if they call me out to say a certain thing i should be able to respond to that but again we're talking about wrestling here which is something that i have dedicated pretty much all my life to at this point mm-hmm. so i feel more comfortable talking about that on the fly than if i had just like come up with a character and needed mm-hmm. to improv my way through this totally unknown character that i don't have a clear backstory for and everything like if i wrote down like a a word cloud about all the different things that you know the characteristics of this character and really delve deep into it 
I could probably get into it, but yeah. that opportunity has never come up. I mean, that's what I do for my for for my D and D. Um, yeah, my 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 current character that I'm playing, we started off with just like a paragraph for the backstory, and as the campaign's gone on, it's just got longer and longer mm-hmm. and longer, and now it's like a page. And I've got um for a, a, another campaign that we're going to be playing at some point after the campaign that I'm DMing um finishes, um. My my backstory for that other character I've made is so extensive, and I'm so proud of it. It's so much fun, and I cannot wait to start playing that character because he's so cool, and he has a backstory that I can't wait to get into. And I I love playing just really tragic, sad boys who've had some really terrible things happen in their past, and I love like getting into that mindset and role playing that. And I just, mm, mm, give me it. Love it. Is is, um, is this the kind of situation where in that character's mind, how could this happen to me is just constantly playing on loop? Yeah, kinda. It's like yeah. it's 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 a really interesting like um dynamic because D D is basically free therapy for me anyway. Like God, all of my characters are just like, here's all the, the things that I know I have wrong with me. Let's just turn those up to like really like mm, insecurities give them loads like i'm i'm just like constantly like it's and then just to be able to act those things out it and it has to be in a i'm gonna quantify this it's because i'm playing with some of my closest friends and all of us are very comfortable getting into that kind of space and just kind of exposing ourselves a little bit and if through the through the game and stuff it's so like freeing to one kind of not be myself for a little bit and just be like i'm this other character i'm not me right now i'm just gonna say you know the things that that come to my head and how this character would react to these things and then after the game's done i'm like i mean that's kind of me though isn't it and then i have to like digest that and be like okay so what does this mean about me and what can i learn from this and all that stuff and kind of break it all down for me it's like a oh man i could talk about dnd forever it's like a it, it's a proper like it's a lifestyle man um for me anyway that's that's it's it's that's what i get out of it anyway it's a proper like it's an experience you know you're selling me on it i'll be honest Mm, it's uh it's a good time it's a very good time um anyway i'm gonna not talk about DD anymore because i (laughs) could do that for so much longer um we'll do one uh last quick email here we've got one here from abhiram who says, uh, who emails in for Lost Intangibles, the rest of the talk. Thank you. Um, and we've got an embarrassing story here. If you've got any embarrassing stories, send them in. We always love hearing them. They're great. Uh, it says, hey, Pete and Tempest. I just remembered a story from last year. I was walking to engineering class, listening to Shayna Baszler's theme, uh, l- listening to Shayna, ba- Shayna Baszler's theme song with my AirPods. Uh, I got to class, took my AirPods out and put them in their case. A couple minutes later, the teacher was about to start teaching and my phone on full volume goes, this is my brutality. <laughs> While I freak out and turn my phone down. <laughs> from then on, every single day, every time I sit down in class, I make sure to mute my phone. It was genuinely one of the most embarrassing moments in my school life. Anyways, thanks for reading this out. Lost Intangibles, the Wrestle Talk number one fan. Happy Goody Miller. Thank you very much for the email. I had the exact same thing happen to me yeah. in high school. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. 100%. <laughs> Obviously with, with different songs. But just to get a uh, a better understanding of, of teenage high school, ninth grade, maybe 10th grade Tempest, uh, my ringtone at the time was Zack Ryder's theme song. Oh, big Zack Ryder fan. 
Oh man. Not a huge fan of the song, but I was no. like, yeah, Zach Ryder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, radio. Yeah. The whole deal. I think I'm in history class and I just sit down and I, it turns out I had like pocket dialed my dad okay. in the middle of class. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Oh, I wonder what this is about. And called me back. And in calling me back, just full blast, you had mm-hmm. Zach Ryder's song yeah. blaring through my phone. And I was just like, Oh, that's embarrassing. Maybe yeah. I should change that. Mm-hmm. And now I just have my phone on silent all the time. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Mine never rings ever. It's great. Um, that has reminded me of a story which I do not have time to tell, which I will have to tell at some point, maybe on the SmackDown podcast. So remind me on Saturday, Tempest. I've got a, a story relating to Zack Ryder specifically that I that I need to tell uh, on the on the uh, the the podcast because it is quite bad. Um, but anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We really do appreciate you sending your emails uh, to support at and we will read those out. Go buy your Lost Intangibles merch because it's great and we're great. Let's go go do it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing you guys soon. I'm back. The Intangibles are back and we're better than ever. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.